0: Is it on your mind? Cabbages and Jack? What on earth, Dave? podcast is ready for launch. Let's go! Welcome aboard, Sprout 1. I'm your host, Dave Aljo, Chief Sprout Sweater. Buckle up and enjoy this short journey into our inner world where the mind, metaphor, and meaning are meshed together in a bid to make more sense of our lives. It's episode 7. Is it on your mind? As we lift off the pad and before we get into the episode, don't forget, if you find that the demands of life and the meaning of it all is leading you to sleepless nights, tossing and turning, deep and not so deep questions rattling around your head, then hop over to SproutSweater.com to sign up for my sleep checklist and my soon-to-be-released free Operation Snooze sleep improvement programme. Start getting your head back and your shit together so you can start getting life back on your terms. SproutSweater.com Before I get into the is it on your mind? I need to give you the foundation for this. And I'm going to go back to a childhood program called Cracker Jack. One of the things about Cracker Jack was there was a game on there called Cabbages and Kings. And uh, I think it might have been called Double or Drop at one time. But you used to get kids on stage to win prizes. They'd ask, be asked questions. And if they got a question right, they get a prize, a toy, a fire engine or something like that. And if they got a question wrong, they get a cabbage. Three cabbages and you were out. Now, that little game inspired for me as I was doing my research into stress and overwhelm and overload and poor coping, this image of that child hang, holding on to a bunch of toys and then being crowded out by cabbages and losing sight of the toys and being ground down. And I've since, over the last 10, well, must be longer than that years, I've used that time and again in lots of different sessions to illustrate very physically and viscerally almost the impact of the cabbages, the demands of life and work, Often the negative demands, but sometimes the positives. So it's that metaphor that then developed into, well, how do we then deal with the cabbages? Well, we slice them down. We chunk the slices into sprout-sized chunks because our brain can only really handle the sprout-sized things under stress. And this is where, if you think about the foundation for the, the topic of this episode. So if you keep that metaphor in mind, the cabbages can mount up and get on top of us. And if you imagine it, your brain is juggling these cabbages, all of the demands and expectations of life and work and when it's on your mind your brain is is doing its best to simply juggle and it's a rubbish cabbage storage device and there's a phrase that uh, I've kind of cobbled together it's a twist on a quote from David Allen the author of getting things done the art of stress-free productivity his quote is if you don't pay appropriate attention to what has your attention it'll take more of your attention than it deserves now I've kind of twisted that into my own little version of that quote is what is on your mind has your mind. And if you think about all those cabbages, all the demands, the projects, the sprout-sized little actions that we have to do all day, every day, just to sort of keep the life admin going and the work admin going and to achieve things, it's no wonder that we can feel overwhelmed. And that whilst we're in that process of just juggling the cabbages, they're on your mind, very much so. And then they have your mind. They can distract you. You can get wrapped up and caught up in them. You can be uh, unfocused, not be capable of making decisions. It only takes one sprout, doesn't it, to tip you over the edge when you're carrying so much around in your head. So over the years, I've found this to be true without exception, generally almost without exception. In fact, I haven't found an exception, but I'm not ruling the possibility out that what is on your mind has your mind. And this is critical because the so what in this is, well, how, where do we start? Many of my clients, when we're trying to sort of just tease things out and make a start on getting, get our head back, our shit together and life back on our terms. The first step is get our head back because our head is not where it needs to be. It's juggling the cabbages. And in order to get our heads back, we need to start getting those cabbages off our mind. And this is a key part. So it sounds easier than it is actually you know it, it, than it can be in practice but there are some practical things so his question have you ever found yourself so wound up or lost amidst a seemingly never-ending list of demands <laughs> it can affect us in so many different ways but there seems to be a very unusual feeling of panic that can arise uh, one that's distressing but it's also compelling in, in a strange sort of way I don't know about you but I sometimes experience that panic in kind of a it, it's it's almost feels like excitement in a very extreme way but it's also It robs us of our sense of control. We can feel crushed. We can drive us to that panic. And what we can often do is just keep going, keep doing what we're doing and keep moving forward because that's our only way really of maintaining or keeping our sense of control. And there's a phrase in the world of anxiety management, which is action alleviates anxiety. Now, that's a very powerful phrase and I do like it. And when we're kind of forced in that position of it being immobile, frozen in panic, then Action is often the best first thing we can do. But when we are in the other converse of that, we're just doing, 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 doing. Then action can in one sense give us a sense of control, alleviate the anxiety. But it doesn't necessarily, it isn't necessarily the most productive thing in that moment. It can give us a sense of control when actually we need to stop and step back. So the question here is, what action So action alleviates anxiety, what are we doing? But what action, what action is best to take? Good place to start, in fact, the best place to start is to get things off your mind. When we feel overwhelmed or crushed by the demands of life and work, we can feel like we have very little control over them. And if you go back to that analogy of the cabbages, if those cabbages are on your mind, all of those things are on your mind, then your mind, it has your mind. It has the best faculties of your mind being employed to simply juggle the cabbages. So we need to free our mind up to bring back those, the most powerful faculties of our brain and use them more appropriately. So I want you to reflect on how much is actually on your mind. Chances are there's lots of things. And chances are there may be one thing that really, really is chewing away at you, or as I call it, it's a particularly smelly cabbage. It's one that's really going rotten. It's 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 really starting to taint the whole pile of cabbages, if you like. Because if you put one rotten cabbage in with a bunch of other cabbages, it's going to turn them all rotten. It might be that one thing that you're actively avoiding or confronting. I can't face that. I don't have time or energy to face that. Okay, so here's what I suggest you do. Whether there's one thing that's on your mind and that that particularly smelly cabbage, that thing you've avoided for a lot of time, or just don't feel as you have the emotional energy to deal with, or you don't feel as if there's enough time to put aside to deal with it, or there's lots of cabbages, or both, what I want you to do is just take some time out. doesn't need to be a lot. It could be less than you think you need because all we're talking about is getting started and it's about getting stuff off your mind. Get it into something concrete, a task list, a journal, type it or write it, whatever the key is to get it out of your mind. So there's one caveat here. Wherever you put this into a to-do list, a journal or something paper or electronic, it needs to be reliable. You need to be able to trust that you won't lose it and it's something you will come back to. So think about where you have those random Post-it notes, those lists all over the place and collect them all into one place. It could be a physical thing, like an entry with pieces of paper, as, as David Allen in Getting Things Done would say, or it could be just a simple Word document, for example. But get it into one place and label it, file it, so you don't lose it because your brain needs to trust that device. It needs to go know that the cabbages that you're taking out of its mind, because it feels that they're life threatening, that you won't lose them. So put it into a device that is trustworthy. And there are many things. And I'm not going to get nerdy on you now because I love my apps and devices. And I've 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 nerded out on this over the years. I've spent probably far more time at sometimes on trying to save myself time than the time I've actually saved. So I've gone down those rabbit holes. My suggestion is keep it simple. So here's my tips for, the, for this week. One, identify a reliable storage device. Perhaps you could buy yourself a nice new di- journal. And uh, don't get me started on that because I am a notebook nerd. I love fancy notebooks. Yes, my handwriting is appalling, but I do love the notebooks themselves. It could be electronic, but maybe low-tech option is a good way to go for this initial dumping of the stuff out of your head. Two, here's how I suggest you you go about doing it. Again, as rough and ready as approaches as you can get away with. Use the front of your journal, your book, for generally dumping any thoughts or ideas down and perhaps even starting to make sense of them as you write. And use the back for listing any actions and things that you need to do uh, and put them in one place. The reason that I suggest you separate them out is because you may find that as you write a lot in the the, the front of the book, to-dos will pop up and what you don't want to do is to stress out about where was it which page was that writing on if you have a lot of paper a lot of pages complete so take any actions and put them at the back of the page at the book so that they're easy to reach your brain will thank you for that three keep this to hand or have some other way to capture those things that crop up as you live your day-to-day life this is the thing this is not just a one-off process no doubt you've had that experience where you've You've been walking along, or you've been sitting nice and calm in your living room, and suddenly something's popped in your head and you thought, shit, I need to do that. Chances are you've maybe sat and plagued yourself until you've either A, got up and done it, or B, you've forgotten it again. And I don't know about you, the forgetting it again is often worse than the remembering in the first place because then. You spend a lot of stress and time thinking about, what was that thing? Oh, no, oh, no, I knew I'd... And and you spend all those moments or hours thinking and beating yourself up for having such a useless memory and being so useless for not doing it in the first place. So you need something to keep with you to capture those things as they arise. Because remember that phrase, what is on your mind has your mind. And we need to get it off our minds as soon as possible. And we have a number of options with that. And I'll come on to that shortly. But have a device. It could be an app. I love Brain Toss. It's a great little app, about three quid Android or iOS, where if you think of something, you can you can go into the app, type it, audio recorder or take a picture of something and it wings it straight into your email inbox. And then it's off your mind. Brilliant. That kind of capture device can be really useful as you go along. Then four, get into the habit of checking back on those actions. In the back of your journal or wherever you choose to capture them and make enough time to allow yourself to triage those actions. And what I mean by that is, in other words, at that point is decide, do I ditch this? I had an idea, but nah, it's no good. Is it delegate? Can I delegate it to somebody else? Do I defer it till later? I.e., it's a big task, it's going to take me more than two minutes. I'll do it later. Decide when to do it. Or direct it elsewhere. It might be that it's a, a f- something just for future reference. Get it out of the to-do list and put it into a reference folder. Or do I do it? The general rule of thumb, David Allen in Get Things Done says two minutes or less. I tend to think 60 seconds or less. Do it now. If not, do it later. And, uh, and th- that helps you then triage the tasks. So I'm about identifying a reliable storage device like a journal. Start dumping things in the front actions in the back have the capture device handy with you at all times and then get in the habit of checking back on it so your brain can learn to trust it so it might sound like a lot and it also might sound like it's rough and ready but the aim is not perfect at the moment you can tweak you can enhance you can evolve the systems later the key is to start the process of offloading what is on your mind into something else and developing the habit. As our craft, the sprout one, begins the landing process, allowing you to return to your fellow humans, acknowledge the power of your mind to juggle all the stuff of life, but recognize just how far more powerful and peaceful it would be if you were to clear out that stuff and free it up to do what you so desperately wanted to do, to be here now. Think clearly, be focused, be creative, and enjoy the moment. I hope you've enjoyed your flight aboard Sprout 1. For show notes and information on how to get the podcast feed direct to your Apple Podcasts, Spotify or other favourite podcast feed, visit sproutsweater.com and touchdown.